Hey there, welcome to Souls and Hearts Be With The Word. We are here, it is definitely post-Christmas. Uh, we are in the season of the, uh, of the day of the Epiphany of the Lord. And we're excited to be with you. And we're excited to share with you our reflections on the Sunday readings. And I'm Dr. Jerry Crete, a licensed marriage and family therapist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I am here with... I'm Peter Malinowski, clinical psychologist in Indianapolis, Crossroads of America. And Merry Christmas to you and Happy Epiphany. Yay. Good to so, be yeah. So what we do each week is we... Um, uh, spend a bit of time. We talk about what our individual kind of reflections are, our take, uh, our understanding of the upcoming readings. We actually will take a moment in a moment and read the readings to you in case you haven't had a chance yet to read them. And then we'll have a discussion about them. So we hope that you will engage with us. Uh, feel free to make comments and discuss with us what you think about the readings too, uh, whether or not my take on it or themes on it or Dr. Peter's themes or take on it resonate with you or not. It's all good. Uh, and, uh, and whether they're helpful. So we're really excited about being with you uh, again. We're really on, almost at 2020. So we're also excited about a new year coming and we've got tons of things uh, for you to help you and your family with souls and hearts uh, coming this next year. But so Dr. Peter, can you tell me a little bit, uh, what your big takeaway or, or not takeaway or theme was for right. uh, the readings on Epiphany of the Lord. So what really struck me was where do we see Jesus and where do we not see Jesus where he is? That's the key theme for me. Where am I not seeing Jesus where he actually is? Where am I missing him? That's the key theme. Wonderful. Great. And mine is you can celebrate and choose to be grateful. And a little bit how to do that, even if sometimes you're not always feeling it. So we'll explore that as well. Um, so excited to kind of get at our different um, themes. And at the end, we will have some action items for you, some specific things that you can do to, you know, uh, allow some impact in your own life. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's take a look at the readings. And hey, if you've already read them or you don't want to listen to them for some reason, skip past this part. It's just a couple minutes, but it gives us a chance to situate uh, you with the reading so you have an understanding of the context of our discussion. Um, so I will start with the first reading, which is from Isaiah. Rise up in splendor, Jerusalem. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick clouds cover the peoples. But upon you the Lord shines, and over you appears his glory. Nations shall walk by your light, and kings by your shining radiance. Raise your eyes and look about. They all gather and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters in the arms of their nurses. Then you shall be radiant at what you see. Your heart shall throb and overflow. For the riches of the sea shall be emptied out before you. The wealth of nations shall be brought to you. Caravans of camels shall fill you. Dromedaries from Midian and Ephah, all from Sheba shall come bearing gold and frankincense and proclaiming the praises of the Lord. So the second reading 
is from St. Paul to the Ephesians, from chapter 3. Brothers and sisters, you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for your benefit, namely, that the mystery was made known to me by revelation. It was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and co-partners in the promise of Christ Jesus through the gospel. And then the gospel reading is taken from Matthew chapter 2. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word, that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them, until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. That is the Gospel of the Lord. All right. What a great drama. (laughs) That's a really cool story. Yeah. 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 So, you know, and Psalm 72 is also just a quick mention of Psalm 72, the refrain, every nation on earth will adore you. That's the, that's the responsorial Psalm. Every nation on earth will adore you. So that also struck me, you know, because Mm -hmm. we have the, we have the, um, the Gentiles coming, right? These Magi were probably Midians or Persians or Babylonians from uh, modern day Iraq or Iran, somewhere in that area. And the journey that they made was very long, probably took months. And they, um, you know, they were following the star. They were following the signs of, 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 of our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of the Jews. And, um, and so they were the figures in all of the readings to me that just riveted my attention. I was just riveted on what their experience must have been. So that was what really gripped me in the um, in the readings today. Mm. What you, Jerry? What what really caught you? What was what really caught your attention? Well, it's funny because I just read them again, and right. that was gripping me more than before. 
Um, so I'm definitely relating to these, these magi and I'm really curious about who they were and the fact that they, um, you know, weren't Jewish and they came because they, they detected something in the stars was going on. And yet, you know, so they went naturally to Jerusalem. Uh, they went, you know, they were commissioned by Herod in a sense to specifically find him. And yet they chose they saw his deceitfulness because obviously Herod doesn't want a king of the Jews, right? He wants to maintain his own interest, his own power, his own place. Well, and Herod, Herod's not a Jew. Herod's an Edomite. Herod's mm. not even Jewish. So mm. yeah, that's really threatening to Herod because later in his life, he was also getting quite paranoid. Herod was a okay. very paranoid figure. So yeah. So the fact that they, they must have known that or figured that out or not, but they at least got a, another message in a dream, which is really hitting me all these messages and dreams because we see Joseph getting two of them uh, previously and now uh, and being responsive. And in fact, we see these Magi being responsive. Uh, now, again, maybe part of that dream was telling them, you know, you'll be in trouble. <laughs> like there may be in danger to them to know too much, right? And so um, they, they sneaked off. But in the meantime, they, um, they did give homage. They recognized the divinity, or at least the um, kingship. They recognized the divinity because it doesn't just say that they knelt. It said they prostrated themselves, which means face down, flat on the ground. And mm. if you look at what sort of historically that meant, in, uh, in Persia and in Babylonia and in, in Midia, in, in, in the Medes, that meant the recognition of divinity. Now they wouldn't have understood divinity in the same way necessarily as the Jews did, because the Jews were a monotheistic culture, one God, mm. but they were honoring a God. So these Gentiles came in from basically the religion of Zoroastrianism, and they recognized the divinity of Christ from, from hundreds of miles away because yeah. of the star. It was given to them to see. And that's just what's so amazing to me about them was their openness, their receptivity, their determination. When they show up at, at, at Herod's court, they don't, there's no record of any um, obsolescence to them, no, no kneeling down before Herod or recognition of his kingship or anything like that. Their question is, where is the king of the Jews? We have seen his star. They cut right to the chase. They don't have any time for you know, niceties of court in the gospel. They're looking for the king of the Jews. And that's, right. that's an amazing thing. That's really shocking, actually. Mm -hmm. so. It is. And, and you know what's, and, and that it was, you know, it was seen in a star. So it was a little bit objective. It wasn't just a personal, oh, yeah, I think that might be something going on there. It was, they were led to it. Mm -hmm. And it was something above them that told them. Right. You know, they saw it in the stars themselves. And, you know, I think this also links really well to the readings uh, uh, from Paul, St. Paul, because he basically is proclaiming that uh, through the Spirit, he knows that this gospel and that this, um, you know, this message is to the Gentiles as well as, as the Jews. And, and to me, it's interesting that had to be said. I mean, I think we just assume on right. some level, like right. we're all, we don't even think of ourselves as Gentiles, you know, right. but we, we just assume it's a message for the whole world. But in right. fact, we see that, you know, the Jews were looking for a particular king and they were sent that, but way more than that. Right. And it had to be St. Paul who has, who says in this reading, no, this is for everyone. Cause Gentile is basically anyone who's not a Jew. 
Christ didn't just come for the Jew. He came for every human being. Right. Which, which is like, wow. And then that, you know, linking it to these Magi who worshiped him, who saw him, who recognized him means the, this is something grand. This is a whole world thing. And, and then linking it to Isaiah, which is basically saying, you know, uh, sp- you know, you're, you're to receive splendor. You are, right. this is a light in a sense. And Christ himself, right. you know, of course says, I'm the light of the world. Right. Right. So it's, it's taking it up a notch. <laughs> like even if you were Jewish and you were reading this and you were impressed and excited, if possibly, you're not even getting the whole picture probably. Right. Right. And so it's, you know, it's exciting. It's joyful. It's exciting. So I'm just struck by the perceptual differences, right? So we're, we're looking at the psychology of this. How can one see and another not see when the same thing is there? Like the star, right? You know, the star brought the, 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 the magi from the east. But why was that star not seen or understood in the same way by the people that lived in that proximity, right? I mean, that's a very interesting question to me. So I think it goes to, there are so many things that happen psychologically that lead us to not see things. You know, mm-hmm. the blind spots that we have that are occurring mm-hmm. at a natural level. I think sometimes we, there's a tendency to spiritualize all of this stuff, right? But one of the reasons why Paul has to, has to, has to emphasize that, this, that, the, that the Gentiles are co-heirs with the Jews is because of prejudices. Right. This is this is this is a very ingrained psychological. It's a very hot topic in the last 20 years in psychological in, in psychological studies is to look at prejudices. Right. Because they have a way of help of leading us to not see the other. Right. To not see the other as a person or not understand the other person because of the blindness that comes in with that. Mm-hmm. So. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's one of the reasons why Paul hammers away at that at that theme, because I think it's just hard for. Uh, for a number of people to 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 believe it right yeah. that it could actually be so that god could actually be that generous you right. know and not take anything away from me because he also gives it to my to my gentile <laughs> brother right you know yeah, so. yeah. now I, now what i a little bit of a direction i was going on when i first read the readings right mm-hmm. um was i was thinking about wow you know christmas just recently happened and for people a lot of people christmas isn't the way that we've described it, which is it begins on Christmas day and it goes right. until actual, you know, um, the, you know, the days of Christmas. And I know in our, which is great. My church is actually epiphany of the Lord is the name of my church, which is awesome. And <laughs> we will be celebrating that on January 6th at, at my church, which is, you know, following all the days. But um, so we're in a season of rejoicing is the way that I look at it. But for a lot of people, and I know even myself can, you know, I've in the past, gotten into this trap where um you get so busy in the everyday of getting ready for christmas and having sometimes people come or if you're traveling or whatever there's just a lot of buying presents there's a lot of coordinating people there's a lot of things going on and some people um have a really hard time feeling any joy or actual celebration because they're just kind of overwhelmed and, and, and worse yet, and for some people, um, they may even be triggered and feeling down and feeling depressed, or maybe even they're, they're feeling like there's a loss, maybe there's somebody missing, 
this year, right. or maybe, um, or maybe there there have been really painful, difficult things that have happened in the past when everybody gets together. Stressful and so times. Now, it's stressful times when you get that family together, and there could be lots of disappointments. You know, yeah, and grief even. You know, over yeah. things that have been said or done, or 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 maybe things that weren't said or weren't done. You know? Right. And, and yet, and then, you know, you come to mass on Sunday and you hear these rise up in splendor Jerusalem, you know, and your light has come. And now I'm feeling that right now, to be perfectly honest, like I'm, I'm trying, I, I feel like I'm accessing at least some of that. I feel right. celebratory. I'm, I'm feeling good, but I know I haven't always, and I know that a lot of people don't always feel that. And so I get, you know, even though you're sort of supposed to, um, some people are just sort of burnt out, tired, grieving or hurt. And so I'm, I'm a little bit curious about what do we do then if you're in a situation where um, you want to feel that, you know, you know, you're kind of supposed to, and you're excited about this Christmas season on one hand, but on the other hand, you're worn out, tired, hurt, or whatever it is. And so I'm, I was kind of like thinking about that. How, how do you access some of that even, and how do you, because my theme was you can celebrate and choose to be grateful. Mm-hmm. You can't always choose to feel joy. Right, right. Right? I mean, you right. may want to. Um, so, but how can you approach it for the, so to allow the spirit to actually possibly enkindle some joy, enkindle some happy, a sense of, of, of just ful- maybe even fulfillment or, or goodwill. And so the things that I was thinking about when it came to that was, first of all, looking back at the year and realizing, you know, I may have made some mistakes, or I may have had some hardships, or I may have struggled, but what can I, you know, maybe there's something I can learn from this past year. Maybe there's something that I, that, that I, I can actually take away from it, even if I was the one who blew it if, in some cases. And then I was thinking like, how can I then, if I learn something, then what can I do in my life now to kind of make some changes? And, and, and that, that I have a sense that, yeah, I have some, agency in my life you know just because i made a mistake this year doesn't mean i have to do it again Mm -hmm. and then how can i find some support do i have friends do i have family members who are supportive maybe not all of them are but maybe i have some or maybe not all the time but can be in certain you know in certain things in certain ways yeah yeah and ultimately god ultimately then even if i have to you know even if sometimes i'm feeling very alone i know that God is with me and supporting me to make those changes. I'm never alone. You know, so that's a little bit recognizing, you know, to turn things around so that you start to see, I'm going to link this now into what your, your theme was, if possible. So this is your segue, but, but, you know, um, so that I could actually see where, where God is working in my life, or I can actually see where I can do some things that will actually be positive. Uh, and I can start to, to celebrate that and feel joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious if you could say more about your idea of not seeing, you know, where we do or don't see Jesus. Right. So that, and again, that ties right in, right? Because um, if we go back to the Magi, they actually went and looked for Jesus. And they made it this arduous journey through hostile territory. You know, they were, they were convicted. You know, they were, um, they were, um, they were determined to find him. Right. And so, um, so yeah, what I'm thinking about is, okay, where am I seeing Jesus 
and where am I not seeing him, right? And so what I dwelt on is how often Jesus is there and we don't see him, right? The, the, the vast majority of people in that area did not see him. And you could say, well, there was a special grace given to the, the Magi, and maybe there was, or maybe there was something in their art, uh, uh, you, know, the, you know, they actually could read the signs. Um, but, you know, let's, let's ask the question, right? Where am I not seeing Jesus? And so uh, that's really kind of, uh, if we're aware that we don't see him, right? That may be in the, in the Eucharist, right? I mean, any number of people walk right by the tabernacle, don't even acknowledge that our Lord is there, as real and as present as the baby Jesus was in the manger, you know, in the nativity scene. Um, you know, maybe it's there, or maybe it's um, in the face of one of our relatives, you know, that we have a very difficult time with, right? Because whatsoever you do, the least of my brothers, that you do unto me. We actually, any Christian in the state of grace has, has Jesus in his heart, in his soul, right? In, in, in him, right? And how often do we miss that, right? How often do we not see that, even though at some level, many of us have heard that many, many times before. So, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be thinking about, yeah, where am I not seeing our Lord? You mm-hmm. know, and seeing and him in, you know, honestly, I feel like for me, um, over this week, um, it's been a kind of busy 2019. <laughs> I haven't taken as many breaks as I should have. And, but I did slow down a little bit over the last few days, you know, over, well, over, um, new, you know, um, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, a few days after that, and having some family around. And I kind of purposefully, stopped doing <laughs> at times because i know I, I actually make the christmas i don't know if you know this but i do the whole christmas dinner i do the turkey oh, i do everything i didn't know that oh you didn't know that yeah so and everybody wow. expects it because everybody wants <laughs> and everybody wants my rutabaga i think my turkey is really good i have all kinds of tricks right. but my rutabaga if you don't know what rutabaga is it's an oh, amazing you do. Oh, wonderful. It's vastly underappreciated. It is. And, and, vastly and underappreciated. I live in Georgia and nobody, when I buy rutabaga right. every year through the cash register, they never know what it is. They're always like, <laughs> what's this? <laughs> you know, if they can't find the tag or it doesn't work. They're just like lost. I enjoy watching them like be confused. And, right, right. and then I always get like, how do you cook this? Like, right. cause it looks like a, something you would like a bomb you would throw right, or right. something, but it's everybody in my family loves the way I do the rutabaga. Anyway, so I'm busy. That's busyness, you know, but I actually find it therapeutic if I have the whole day to cook. Mm-hmm. But, um, but nevertheless, to slow down, to sit down, sometimes just listening to the conversation, no matter how silly or inane or whatever it is that, that my family's having and just sit there and look at each person and just be like, wow, I'm so thankful that they're here and I'm here. And, and even, you know, uh, even if some of them, like you're saying, you have a relative, sometimes it can drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. But even just appreciating <laughs> these people who are here, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, if it's even if it's one person or if you've got a whole family full of people, and just to me, that's about slowing it down, being present, just looking at them, and just going, "Wow, you know, this is a moment in time that God has given me with people, and and I'm just going to appreciate it right now. I'm just going to." And I think that once I kind of let go of all the other stuff I'm supposed to do or whatever it is out there, um, and I actually can get to that place where I'm just like, yeah, then I feel some joy start to emerge, you know, and I can feel his presence. And I just, 
yeah, just really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's beautiful, Jerry. That's beautiful. Yeah. Cause it can be, we can get caught up in so many of the extrinsic stuff, all the, you know, all the details and miss, miss the relationship. Right. You know, mm-hmm. And what's funny is sometimes we want it to be something amazing. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're going to, cre- we're going to have the perfect turkey. We're going to have the perfect decorations. We're going to have everybody together and everybody's going to do what they're supposed to. And it's going to be this event that is going to be, you know, amazing. And you know what the reality is? I don't know that that ever happens. Like that's like a wedding. I have a daughter getting married next August. Okay. And she's getting married in New York. And it's, I think it's going to be wonderful and beautiful. I'm very excited. But you know what? I can remember my own wedding day and, and lead up to it. And my wife and I had the perspective that we are just going to love each other no matter what the heck happens. Yeah. And you know what? Every flower doesn't have to be perfect. Every, and yet we are going to actually appreciate the moments, whatever they are, even if they're silly or even if something goes wrong. And that's hard. <laughs> to actually, for a lot of people, that's hard to actually you know, do. But when you do, it's like, I think you find joy, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's that stillness, right? I mean, we, we've got that as part of our tagline, right? Be still, mm-hmm. right? Really, that, that's part of what we're getting at here is being still, right? And recognizing that these relationships are precious. This person is precious. Yeah. And that, that, that Christ is in this person. And this person is a gift to me, even in ways that I may not appreciate it. But to actually look and ask, instead of just running on our automatic, our automatic pilots, right? All kinds of assumptions, all kinds of prejudices, all kinds of baggage sometimes of folks, you know, um, but actually kind of deliberately stepping back and say, wait a minute. Thank you. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I love that. So... Are we ready to go to action items or do we need to? I, I think we're ready to go to, well, let's, uh, let's actually, let's, let's give folks a little taste of what's coming up. Uh, oh, this yes. Week. Oh, um, you have a blog, buddy. You have a really interesting I, blog. I do. It actually dovetails with some of the things that came out of the reading. Uh, this, so I have a blog post that is all about how psychological defenses, these are like our coping mechanisms, can keep us from understanding God as he is, how they lead us to misunderstand God. And I specifically focus on anger at God and how we defend against that in various ways. So if you like that kind of stuff, if you're interested in God image stuff, check out that blog. It's on our, it's on our blog tab up at the top of the website at Mm soulsandhearts.com. And then we've got a fly on the wall coming back. Yes. Um, First Friday is coming up on uh, what is it? January 3rd. Yeah. January 3rd. And we have six of us getting together talking about boundaries in therapy, boundaries, and specifically boundaries between clients and therapists and how those, uh, how those get navigated and stuff. So I think that discussion was fascinating. So if you have a Catholic therapist and you've ever wondered what they talk about or think about when they're together, <laughs> you get a glipse, get a glimpse <laughs> at least, that. at least a perspective. And we also have um, another module coming out each as we've been doing each week on how to help a Catholic's guide to helping a loved one in distress. So we're hoping you're enjoying that. And if you haven't listened to it, you might want to start from the beginning and, uh, and work through our, um, our course on how to help someone in distress, especially this holiday season. I have a feeling, you know, people sometimes have a hard time. Yeah. 
And so if you know somebody that is, this is a good course to kind of help you with some tips, some helpful guidance on how to, how to listen, how to love, how to help. Yep. It's beautiful stuff. We also got a blog coming out on Thursday and just our standard stuff. So come and check us out. I mean, it's this, we're, we're building up all kinds of material there for you and give us feedback too. Let us know what you think, share this stuff, uh, like it, share it. It's also available um, from our, an uh, uh, audio only, uh, these, the, this show and the, also the, uh, the course on how to help love them that's in distress is also on uh, I, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. iTunes, Spotify, right. yep, right. all that. And subscribe, like, do all that to help us out to kind of get the message out get to others. Out. Yep. So. Yeah. All right, well, what's our take? Items. What's our action items? I action yes. items. Well, I've, I'll start with mine. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend that you do this very specific thing of looking at our Lord in prayer and asking asking Jesus, "Where am I not seeing you? Where am I not seeing you?" And again, as I usually do, I'm gonna suggest listen for the answer. Right? Listen for the answer. Now, some people say, "All right, I can't hear it." I can't hear it. Okay, well then, listen again. Ask again and again. And if that still doesn't help, then ask your confessor when you go to confession. All right, ask your ask the ask the confessor, ask the priest. Where am I not seeing Jesus? All right, because he may also tell you through the priest. Okay, but to really check that out, where am I not seeing you, Lord? You're going to get an answer if mm. you look. If you ask, you're going to get an answer. If you seek, you're going to find. So. Nice, nice. And my my action item this week is kind of linked to this idea of slowing down, being present, appreciating, you know, someone in your life. And what I'd like you to do this week is to thank a person. So if you were able to actually celebrate, you know, and, and you were able to slow down a little bit, be present and enjoy an experience with someone, then kind of go out of your way and thank them for being in your life. Thank you for, thank them for bringing some joy. Thank them for, uh, even it, it doesn't have to be that they did a lot. It could be the smallest thing that was helpful to you or that helped you appreciate, um, you know, appreciate and celebrate um, Christ's presence. Um, like I was saying, you know, when I was sitting there appreciating family members, you know, for me, it would be to go out of my way to thank them and just say, thank you for being with me. Thank you for allowing me to celebrate some goodness this year. Um, so that's the takeaway. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Jerry. Ah, well, we're excited. So wait, our next time we meet, will that be in 2020? Yeah. I mean, this, well, this, this, uh, this is going to be coming out in uh, 2020, right? Obviously. So oh, right. it's already yes. 2020 for those of us. We shoot these a little bit ahead of time. Um, right. But yeah. Right. Um, but yeah. So happy new year then to happy people. Happy new year. Right? As well as Merry Christmas in this Christmas and season. The Feast of the Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God on January 1st. We want to wish everybody a beautiful feast day there as well with Our Lady. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, Dr. Peter, always good to uh, have this time with you. Good to be with you too, <laughs> And Jerry. good to be with all of you. And really, yeah, really hoping everyone has this wonderful new year. And thank you for listening. And be still. Believe. And be loved. Take good care. We'll see you next time. God bless.